Oh Jesus, oh Jesus, oh Jesus, Jesus is coming, oh yes I know. Amen. Amen. That song was a favorite of mine from seminary. I was in the seminary choir, which was a wonderful place to be in our tiny chapel at Westcott House in Cambridge, England. Uh, because the choir were up in the balcony, away from the fray, and we enjoyed to just be a little bit mischievous during the time of worship. Well, it turns out that the principal of the Theological College had a particular favorite time of year, a particular favorite day in the church's year, and that was Ascension. His practice was to remove all of the pews from the chapel and just leave a small number around the exterior for those with bad backs. Even seminarians suffer from bad backs. He'd only mow half of the grass in the yard of the seminary, and the other half he'd let grow wild for the entire summer. He'd love to preach about the goneness of God and look up into the chapel windows wistfully. Well, it turns out that seminarians, at this point in an academic year, really beginning to feel the strain, cooped up in seminary, preparing for final exams at Cambridge, really get disturbed when you take away their furniture. Don't mess with church when people are under stress. We know how that goes in these last few weeks. Some people would sit and arrive very early to claim their pew, their wooden part of the kingdom that hell or high water would not take away from them. Others would come in to grab the one or two bean bags that were allowed into the chapel, and most of us would just wander in and enjoy a place on the floor. My favorite moment was when an American seminarian who'd spent some time in the U.S. Army rather than walk in front of people to close the chapel door, drop down to the floor, and army crawled along the floor to close it with his finger. God is always a surprise, and so are we. So what are we to do when we've messed with the proverbial furniture, and there's nothing like a national and international health crisis to mess with our sense of what it means to be church? It is as if we're dealing with the Godness of God as we celebrate Jesus' ascension today. Well, one of the most important voices in answering that question is the great 20th century theologian, German Lutheran Dietrich Bonhoeffer. He talks about a religionless kind of Christianity to act in the world as if God does not. Bonhoeffer's context, of course, was Nazi Germany and what he saw to be the failure of the church that he was part of to act definitively in the face of that evil. Bonhoeffer's life was ended because of execution just a few weeks before the liberation of his uh, prison. When the guards came to take him away, he is famously meant to have said, it is the end, but for me the beginning of life. When normality, familiarity, that which we count upon, comes to an end, there is always an opening for a new beginning. What kind of journey have you been on, I wonder, with the goneness of church?
the absence of this fellowship in physical proximity to one another. What have you been about as you have practiced your faith, as you have attempted to live it out in your daily life, without that sustenance of this community in person? How have you been surprised by how much you have found life and nourishment online? It is perhaps one of the great redemptive features of this season that we're all long now into, that we have found that there are forms of social expression and media and community formed online. What, though, will be the lasting lessons? How will we learn to live, not as if God is not, but perhaps that the God we had thought was, is not? The God who will come to our rescue, the God who will perhaps take away the suffering that we'd rather not have, the God who will intercede, that we are left with the God who goes before us and strengthens us and sustains us, is our light and our life that calls us deeper into action, to go to the center of the village, to be God's hand and feet. As our scripture and our liturgy today reminds us, the ascension of Jesus is not the end of the story. And we're right there just on the edge of Pentecost, the promise of the Holy Spirit, the coming of that great new era, in many ways the birthday of the church. And those first followers of Jesus whose lives would be changed forever, and so history changed forever. Yet we still wait we still are in that time of anticipation of what it will be like to be restored again to the kind of community that we have known ourselves to be. I do encourage you in this time to carry the gifts that you have known and discovered within you because of this new reality we have lived. Perhaps some of those gifts will be lifelong gifts for you. Perhaps there have been new passions, perhaps new truths that you have discovered to tell yourself about the world and about who you are. The truth is that God is never gone, even though we can't see God. God is never absent in God's creation, even as that creation groans and suffers and struggles. And so we are born with this promissory note, this stamp of our creator within our beings, within our souls, meant to return to our origin, to return to God, to seek that divine light and life all around us. So as we proverbially put our pews back in the church, at some point soon, and we gather in this place and celebrate what will be a spectacular feast of the Holy Spirit whenever that takes place. May we remember the gifts of this time, the gift of each other, the gift of our Lord and our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen.